2: There's no place like home. I needed a pair of ruby red slippers yesterday, man, because it was uh, Tornado Alley around here. Uh, it has been, uh, this has been the winter from hell already. What the heck? What? I mean, how did we, no snow, then snow, then rain, then snow, then more snow, then million mile an hour winds, power outages all over the Matsu. In fact, some areas just down the road from me. Uh, with 99% of the customers in those areas out of power for hours yesterday, it's it's been insane. I mean, if something goes off today, um, just yeah, again, if we just go silent, that's your explanation. Um, I mean, we've been fingers crossed doing okay here, but uh, uh, I know some folks not too far away who have been without power um, all day yesterday and part of last night and. Okay, I'm ready for turkey day. That's all I could say right now. I'm ready for a little bit of rest and relaxation. And the weather, last night I opened the door and it was like, it sounded like the, well, it sounded like a blizzard going on outside. It was so loud, just all the trees cracking and snapping and everything else. But it's calmer this morning. Everybody's good. Uh, We're about uh, 10 degrees above zero here where I'm at. And uh, we're feeling like today is a pretty good day. It is Tuesday, which means it is the weekly top three. Um, and, uh, we've got, uh, Brad Keithley for the Alaska's for sustainable budgets. He's in the green room, uh, waiting for me to stop talking so that we can get started. And we're going to start with that here in just a second. Chris Story is going to be joining us in hour two. Uh, today we're probably going to do a little bit of a lighter side thing in hour two. I don't know. I have no idea yet. Tomorrow, uh, Mike shower and I'm working on one other guest right now, but we'll see if we can get those, uh, See if we can get that squared away here in just a little bit. Meanwhile, the weekly top three starts right now, the Thanksgiving edition. Although I don't know how much thanks we're going to be giving to Brad uh, over this when it's all said and done. I have a feeling this is not going to be nearly as much fun as some of you envision uh, because, you know, reasons. So let's get started this morning. Uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, joins us right now. And uh, we'll see
1: how bad the beating is going to be. Hello, my friend. How are you? How's it? How's it going? Good morning, Michael. I should have been prepared for uh, for that lead-in, the Thanksgiving edition. I, the, there's, I, I, I would have structured it differently. Let oh, me put it that way.
2: There's a lot of turkey going on in there. I'm just saying, right now, a lot of turkey. It's, uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's been interesting. Brad and I, we've been doing this segment on this show for, well, going over ten years we've been doing this this segment on the show and fighting over the same things talking about you know the same kind of uh, issuing the same warnings trying to find a way to fix this and and uh i mean i know we shouldn't grow weary and well-doing but brad sometimes i just feel tired like we've been (laughs) we i hate to say i told you so but you know we keep telling people we told you so and it just keeps getting worse it's uh Apparently we're the genius oh, I'm just the talker you're the you're the genius apparently we're just the geniuses that keep pointing out the foibles of what's going to happen and it keeps happening and everybody's like boy I didn't see that coming and we're like uh, wait, we uh, anyway, it's uh, I was just thinking about that this morning 10 whole years so far of doing this stuff, and it's just it's just amazing. Um, we, so we
1: both we both we both had hair on the top of our head, we, we
2: had hair on the, you know. Somebody was looking at a, oh, it was my new barber. My new barber said I was getting my other barber moved out of town, and which was a sad, you know, once you find a barber, it's like, oh, you don't want to. So my new barber's like, he was looking at the pictures that I would taken of the haircut and everything. I was like, this is what I want. He goes, boy, uh, you had some hair then. And I'm just like, do you want to get paid, buddy? Do you want to get paid? I mean, seriously. Yes, I know I had more hair then. It is what it is. At least I'm not my brother. That kid was bald as a cue ball by the time he was 20. So, I mean, I'm doing okay. Um, all right. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get started, Brad. We've got... Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, we're going to start off this morning with uh, looking at the administration's uh, ten-year budget, ten-year plan. Uh, give us the give us the rundown here, and uh, let's get started. Let's get started there.
1: Well, unfortunately, I think we've already we're starting to hit budget season, uh, where the the dominant discussion will be uh, what's in the governor's budget, what's not in the governor's budget, what what people. to do with the governor's budget why the governor's budget is bad that always seems to be a topic that comes up uh but we're hitting the season and and you can tell that by just looking at the newspaper articles uh there's one in the in the frontiersman that says university of alaska regions approve fy25 budgets um, and send them on to the administration there's an article in the news minor that says the golden valley electric uh makes makes case to interior delegation the thing that struck me about that was not only are they pressing for the 200 million dollars to to match the federal government uh grant that we talked about uh la- the, the the grant that we talked about in last week's show but they're pressing for an additional 400 million dollars on top of that to uh to do some additional uh, strengthening of uh of the uh, transmission line that runs uh, runs up the rail belt so we got that. We've got uh, an, another article in the in the News Miner says local childcare morphs into a university outreach plan, and it talks about how the university is building up a a, um, uh, a childcare center for university employees, but uh, have gone to uh, uh, the borough, I think, uh, to get the borough to push for an expansion of that childcare center uh, uh, as funding for an expansion of that child care center as part of the uh, as part of the borough's legislative plan and then they could take more than just employees uh, kids of employees from uh, the university and then there's uh, a an article in the alaska public media uh, alaska child care task force releases recommendations to child care crisis and there's a passage down here that says and then we'll be moving on to the next Sort of three topic areas, which is looking at access to child care, the quality of child care, and then the subsidies. Not even a question about subsidies, but but what kind of subsidies, how much, where to focus them, um, and of course we got K through 12. We got the you know the the push for K through additional K through 12. We got the push for additional uh, uh, defined benefits and and all sorts of of spending ideas that that people are pressing for uh, uh, for this budget cycle. As far as I can tell, none of these, uh, none of these pushes uh, come with uh, any sort of advice to the legislature on who pays or how we pay for right. uh, that uh, that additional funding. But but all sorts of things. But here's here's the basic issue that that is uh, uh, occurring in, or is driving me. We do a call. We do a, a chart every Friday as part of our Friday chart series that sort of looks at the ten years forward based on current oil prices and based upon updates to the permanent fund earnings uh, that uh, the Permanent Fund Corporation publishes during the years. And from FY25, which is gonna be the budget we're fighting about when we come back, when we come back to session next year, from FY25 forward, we're running billion dollar deficits every year uh uh from fy 25 forward the the deficit in fy 25 is a billion 12 double uh what the deficit what the deficit is in uh more than double what the uh deficit is in fy 24 uh a billion uh, 12 uh in fy 25 a billion 49 in fy 26 a billion 28 uh, deficit in uh, fy 27 the average deficit over the entire period is a billion 66 yeah there you've got it up on the got it up on the screen the average deficit uh over the 10 year period is a billion uh 66 so what we're going to be looking for and that's before you layer in um an additional 200 million dollars for GEA and then 400 million dollars on top of that and expanded child care in fairbanks and and the subsidies that the child care task force is going to talk about uh, the additional case is it, before you layer in additional K through twelve spending. Is before you layer in defined benefits. It's before you layer in any of that additional spending. This is the base that we're facing uh, before we get uh, to any of that uh, under current law, uh, based upon what the current law says about the PF about the PFD. But even if you start looking at at, at cases that assume cuts of the PFD, we can't. We, we still have a deficit in FY twenty five. If we uh, cut the PFD to to POMV fifty fifty, and we have a deficit that exceeds uh, the permanent fund earnings that 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 still produces a deficit, even if we cut to POMV twenty five seventy five, we have a deficit in in, uh, in that begins in FY twenty seven and extends throughout the remainder of the period. So th- these are these are huge numbers that we're looking at, and what what I'm going to be looking for. Uh, uh, in in the context of the governor's upcoming budget, which will be released by the middle of December, what I'm going to be looking for is what he does about this. Um, in last year, we had the we had the smoke and mirrors of carbon credits. Remember carbon credits? That was going to solve everything. We were right, going to right. Go out and sell all these sell all these carbon credits. And that was going to be a new revenue source. That was going to why? Well, we haven't heard anything about carbon credits. Uh, since the since the legislative session, and and that appears to have have faded away. The year before that, it was we're going to do spending cuts that that never occurred, um, and so it the the governor the, the question I'm going to be looking at is one how the governor treats all these requests for additional spending. Everybody wants to layer money on top. We are we have no shortage of ideas about how to spend money. Heck, in GVEA's uh, presentation. Uh, to the to the legislative uh, uh, delegation, they even have they even have Susitna Watana uh, at listed as a as a legislative priority. That's down the list, thank goodness, but you know billions of dollars to to do Susitna Watana. That's the that's the dam that everybody wants to put on the or at one time everybody wanted to put on the Susitna River. Um, we there's no shortage of ideas of how to spend money. The problem is there's a shortage of money, a huge shortage of money a huge shortage shortage of revenue and it's and it's not good enough for the governors to say i mean looking at looking at those deficit numbers it's not good enough for the governor to say well we're just not going to add any additional spending it's not even good enough for the governor to say well we're going to we're going to cut spending some here and there we're going to tighten spending here here and there none of that is sufficient to overcome the size of the deficits uh, that we're talking about. None of that is sufficient to overcome the size of the deficits, even if you assume we go to POMB twenty five seventy five. I mean, the the absolute horrible case of going to POMB seven twenty five seventy five. None of that is good enough to overcome the deficits if we go to if we go to that level. So, the question we're going to look at this year, and I've probably said this for the last. Maybe the last ten years, but the question we're going to look at is how is the governor going to deal with this issue, the, the budget imbalance long term? Are we going to finally have uh, some discussion uh, about uh, about equitable revenues to replace uh, using PFD cuts? Are we going to have some discussion about uh, other realistic new revenue sources? Are we going to go back to a 2019 discussion? About deep cuts that you know generated all of the pushback that ultimately, potentially, or almost led to uh, his recall. What? How is the governor going to deal with this? And to us, we go back to his first, uh, to his first uh, ten-year plan when he was first elected governor, and the in the the, the first ten-year plan he put out uh, ultimately in the spring of 2019. And then it was followed up by the 10 year plan he produced in the fall of 20 or in in December of 2019, that said you needed uh, additional revenues, equitable revenues to replace PFD cuts, a little bit of everything, a little bit of cuts, a little bit of additional revenues, a little bit of PFD cuts um, was what he said then. And then that was followed up by the, the legislature's fiscal policy working group that said essentially the same thing, you need a little bit of everything, get everybody involved, get everybody making some concessions on the spending side and on the revenue side, everybody making some concessions to get to, get to a solution. He's never actually proposed to implement that. It's, it's, it's been in the 10-year plans, but it's never been part of the proposals because one, of, one piece of those proposals is, is a substitute revenue source for PFD cuts. It's never been, uh, as as part of his as part of his fiscal plan for an upcoming years budget so we need to start looking for that again i mean how's the governor going to fit set set aside all of these hopes and dreams and wishes and pushes for for additional additional spending that everybody seems to be coming up with these days set it, set aside all that how's the governor going to balance the basic budget when we're facing the same size of billion dollar plus deficits going forward uh, that uh, that we are uh, at, at this point in time.
2: This is so much monkey see, monkey do. The US government doing exactly the same thing in here in Alaska. It's not like this chart that you just put up, it's not like this information is not available to everyone. It's not like this information is not available to the powers that be in the legislature and the finance committee and Mr. Walrus and all that stuff with all the information. It's not like they can't see it coming. I mean, I will say that they will be shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that this has happened. I can't believe There will be a lot of pearl clutching going on. But in the long run, what a, uh, what a hot, 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 hot mess for sure. Brad Lee, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Number two is coming up here in just a minute. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show common sense liberty based free thinking radio don't forget you can join us on facebook at facebook.com slash michael duke show slash live if you want to be there come on out and join us we'll be right back with more and brad keithley right after this
0: if you missed the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: Brad. Brad, Brad. Brad, Brad, Brad. Nate, it's every... (laughs) It's not like these numbers are some kind of secret locked away in a vault wherever people with, you know, little pencil holders in their pockets are the only ones looking at it. This is very, 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 very obvious, very plain. Uh, And yet the powers that be in the legislature just keep going like, oh, I've got another idea. Oh, I've got something else. Oh, we need to add one more thing. Oh, and this other thing. And wouldn't that be great? And I mean, this is not. Again, this is two plus two equals four. We, we it's simple arithmetic, and yet these folks are like, "It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll have more money to spend. Don't worry. It, it'll it'll all it's all going to work out." Here, hold my beer. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know in in these legislative sessions whether the legislators. It probably depends on the individual legislator, but whether the legislators push back and say. Either a, tell me where you want me to cut, to offset uh, uh, dollars to to you know to to have your to adopt your program to adopt you know in the case of GVEA, to adopt your two hundred million dollar four hundred million dollar proposals. Tell me where you want to cut, or tell me where I get the additional revenues uh, to do that. Not only not only gang, not only do I need the revenues to pay for yours, but I need the revenues to pay for the billion dollar deficit we got before we get to yours. Um, and, and tell me, tell me how that's going to happen. I mean, and then you get the deer in the headlights. Look, the, the, the the response would be, well, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to tell you where to spend. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do. I spend the money. I don't, I don't have to raise the money. So that's, you know, you go do that. Um, and, and it's just, you know, I, these people are, are, are living in, in you know some sort of fantasy world where they think that we've got excess money uh, to be spending. We've only got excess money if, you know, we, we had this issue with the, with the Alaska House Coalition a couple of shows ago where, you know, I accused them of lying because they did. Uh, we've only got excess money. We've only got a surplus if you've taxed middle and lower income Alaska families through PFD cuts uh, heavily and then you know then you can say well we got we got surplus money but that only lasts for a couple of years on the on the trajectory we're on and that's before adding on additional spending so i yeah michael we've been saying it for 10 years um you, at the outset of the 10 years we had savings so it was sort of like if we don't get this under control if we don't adopt a sustainable budget we're going to have to dip into savings we're stealing from Future Alaska generations, and so we and so for the first few years it was, uh, we have we have some savings. Maybe we can get we will paper it over that way, and then we'll get to a sustainable budget. Well, we we went through the savings, and then it was and then it was you know, we 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 we've got these deficits coming. What are we going to do? And then the answer was from Bill Walker on was well, we're just gonna cut the PFD right to balance it out. Yeah. And now, you know, now even PFD cuts. It's at at some point you can clearly see it in the next 10 years. PFD cuts aren't going to be sufficient. So no. Uh <clears throat>
2: Donna asks, uh, how rosy do you think DOR can make the forecast given the high oil prices that are currently running right now?
1: Uh oil prices are down. I mean, oil prices are still above the seventy-three dollar. A barrel uh, prediction for FY23 uh, that uh, or FY24 that that DOR had, but F uh, but DOR when you look at FY25 oil prices are are down considerably compared to where DOR forecasts them to be. So there, if you if you would have asked that question maybe a month ago, um, uh, uh, DOR might have been able to cut the deficit down 100 million dollars, 200 million dollars. Uh, using oil prices, uh, but that's not that's not going to occur. These the numbers that I that I had on the chart, these numbers that I'm talking about are at current oil current oil price projection So that's where we are, given what uh, given what DOR is going to be dealing with.
2: Why do you got to bring the pain and suffering? Why I'm just <laughs> why well, just did. all right, Brad Lee Alaska's for Sustainable Budgets. We're ten seconds out. We're getting into number two. We're going to continue on here. Uh, the Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff. Let's get going on. Here we go.
0: Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh,
2: Michael Duke Show. I'm not. I'm not a paint. No, actually, I am. I am a really big, especially if you work in the legislature. Uh, Welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show continues. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. It's the weekly top three, which is just our joyous time of year where we give thanks for. Oh, no, wait, that's Thanksgiving. This is something completely different. Uh, Slapping people in the face. It's right there. It's right there in front of them in black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed. Uh, Brad, uh, give it to us. It's all right there, black and white. Juno has uh, uncovered the, the
1: secret, right? <laughs> Jesus. So the Juno Chamber of Commerce gave their annual presentation, or the Juno Economic Development Commission, one of the two, gave their annual presentation down in Juneau much like occurs in anchorage with the anchorage economic development commission and 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 elsewhere uh, elsewhere through the state when everybody sort of gives their early winter fall report on the on the state of the economy and juneau gave theirs um, and and there's there's an article in the in the juneau empire about it, it says the headline is juneau's aging population low fertility rates raise concerns about declining future and and that headline leads to the first part of the story which is uh Juno's losing population people are moving out uh, uh low fertility rates means that that uh births aren't replacing deaths and and Juno is in decline in terms of population but there's a piece of it about halfway through the article that I just I mean I just laughed rolled my eyes everything at and here here's the here's the the piece of the story another trend is that shift in workforce and demographics are also reflecting a growing local income gap. Pulse said, Our quote, our trend, just like the rest of the United States, is that the rich are getting richer and the poor aren't doing as well, he said. When we break it down, listen to this, when we break it down, looking at percentiles of income, it's only the top 20% that have experienced any growth in income in the last 10 years the 80% below as a group experienced declines in overall wealth well you know there's one reason there's 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 one there's a number of factors at work but there's one reason for that and that is you're you're only taxing the bottom 80% <laughs> to pay for to pay for government growth to pay for to pay for state government and government growth and Juno uses a sales tax, and so you've got a regressive tax on the lower 80% that you're using to pay for, for local government um, as well. There's no recognition of that in the story, but but that's exactly what's going on. And so, you know, so Juno, on one hand, it slaps Juno in the face, right? We're losing population. We're losing economic wealth because we've got this income divide and because the 80 the, the lower eighty percent is stagnated in terms of income growth. All the income growth going to the top twenty percent is slapping them in the face, but they don't recognize. There's nothing in the article, and there was nothing in Brian's re- in, in presentation that recognize one of the big contributing factors of that is you're funding government entirely from the bottom eighty percent, and you're not having the top twenty percent pay for it. The top twenty percent enjoys government growth heck if there's any place in the state that enjoys government growth it's juno the top 20% is is enjoying that government growth but it's being funded at at the at the expense of the bottom 80% and 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 it's it's common sense of course they that can't that that's see what's it. going
2: yeah, of course they can't see it, Brad. I mean, I read this whole article and I read the and I read through it and I thought, you know what, the whole tone of this article is the whole tone of the article talks about again the declining number of population, the fact that uh, you know the the older generation is going to be there, the younger generation is moving out and not there anymore, and the whole pearl clutching on this article was who's going to pay for my government is essentially what it is. I mean, one of their solutions was making sure they became the base for the new ice cutter that was out there, that that would create more jobs and create more service industries, that they as elderly people are going to need to be have more services and they don't have enough housing. So that's the government. And then the money quote for me, although your quote is fantastic, don't get me wrong, the money quote for me at the very end was the uh, quote uh, from uh, one of the local uh, balls? Uh, my, my, uh, uh, my! Th- they limit me on the number of articles that I can read on the on the Juno Empire. Uh, the, at the very end of the article, they quote a uh, an insurance provider who says. Uh, some oh, chick. It's the last three. Can you read it, Brad? I can't see it now. It just It's, it's the kicked, last three. What the last three paragraphs there, starting with a gal uh, who's the insurance provider. Let's see where she's asking Me- about. Meanwhile,
1: t- the, oh, here we are. So, uh, but meanwhile, the issue of low fertility rates in an aging population is something that needs incentives to change, said Robin Thomas, a local insurance agent. I think there's no incentive to have children, she told Hol- Holst. You can't afford that kid—the cost of daycare, medical expenses, and housing," Hull said. He agrees it's a problem and doesn't know a solution. Yeah,
2: well, except they go on to talk about except for the subsidies for childcare—that's what they need. I mean, the first of all, the gals like, well, it just we just—it it makes no sense to have children because we can't afford the the all the. Okay, so first of all, if that's why you're having children is because it's all about the money, uh, you obviously missed the whole boat. there. I mean, this whole thing, you read this whole thing, and it's like a love letter to government spending for everything that they need, this whole thing. I mean, that's exactly what it is.
1: But they don't recognize, Michael, that it's the, it, that it's the additional government spending and the they're raising revenues for it that's causing the very problem they complain about. The, the, the very income gap that they complain about is being caused by the way in which they're raising this this state's raising additional governor re, government revenues the, the the thing that really you know in the in the back of my mind as I was reading through this was again Sarah Hannon representative Sarah Hannon from Juno, Juneau, Juno's statement on the floor last year which is free rides as she was responding to those who were arguing to maintain the PFd not use PFd cuts to fund government um sarah hannon's response was well free hearts die die free rides die hard uh is what is what she said you know uh, we don't need the pfd it's just that it's a free ride dying hard right tara that very Revenue approach that you're advocating for is what's killing your city. <laughs> and, and and the brains that, you know, the brainwaves just, the synapses must not be firing, must not be adding up down there.
2: No, because, Ex- because,
1: because, you know, they're arguing to continue to use, in fact, even use deeper PFD cuts, continue to use the very thing that's creating the income divide that they're complaining about. I mean, mm-hmm. part of the re- part of the reason that the insurance agent can't, um, uh, you know, can't afford kids is because they don't have the money from the, you know, they're the ones that lower the bottom 80% are the ones that are getting hit with the burden of uh, of paying for governments coming out of their hide. So it's, it's you know, the, the fact slaps you in the face and you still don't get it. No, you still don't still- understand that you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution.
2: Right, that's the thing. It's It just totally comes from a different – you can read the whole article and see it, and it comes from a totally different perspective of they just – I mean, they can't even fathom it from that. They just can't fathom it from that perspective, right, that somehow, somehow government spend is not the solution. I mean, he talks about at the very end there, he talks about, oh, well, we've decided to tax ourselves for child care, and that's a great start. You know, like we're going to provide for you because you can't justify having a kid because of the cost and everything. I mean, it's
1: just it. it, But It's a sales tax. It's a sales tax, Michael. It's a regressive tax. It's going to hit. I mean, they're just layering one regressive step on top of another. They talk about the problem is the bottom 80 percent aren't, you know, aren't enjoying part of the growth. But they're layering one regressive tax on top of another to keep the 80 percent down.
2: It's uh, it's the whole thing is just is is just infuriating. And you're right. They just they just can't see it. And this is this is the way I mean, it's happening in Juneau right now. But what happens as this continues to spread to other parts of the state? You're, you're still seeing an outflow. You're still seeing people leaving. I mean, yeah, they may go to states that have a tax, an income tax or some other kind of tax. But I got to tell you, it's, uh, you know, the reason they're going there is because even with those taxes, they could still save more money and still put more money into their retirements or do whatever, raise their kids and everything else. Alaska is not looking that groovy even without some kind of state tax.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's just it's it's just humorous to me, in a, in a very black humor sort of way, I suppose. But it's humorous to me that Juno's complaining about all this. I mean, so so look at it. So so the solution to this, as Juno you know, is is additional taxes, additional sales taxes. That's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna solve this. Well, that's just gonna make since it's a regressive tax. That's just gonna make your income divide worse. Basically, what you're saying is we need to tax the bottom 80% more to make the top 20% better we're going to complain about the top 20% being better off and about the 80% being stuck in the mud but we need to tax the bottom 80% more just to make the top 20% better and better and better it's it, it I It'd be great if their brain synapses were firing and they, and they could put two plus two and understand that they're the cause of their own damn problem.
2: Well, with the cognitive biases that they're suffering, they can't. They just, it just is, it is absolute willful blindness at this point. They just can't see it. It's the same thing we were just talking about in the last segment where all these numbers, our brokers who are making these decisions, they know what the 10-year forecast looks like. They know what the spending looks like, but they just put blinders on it and be like, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, nobody can see, nobody can see, don't look, don't look, la, 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 la. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. It's the same willful blindness where their own cognitive biases make them believe that somehow, some way, it's all going to work out.
1: Yeah, it's not just the legislators. I mean, remember it was the governor who came up with, Carbon oh, credits, carbon oh, credits. Are, we're going to have a billion dollars in carbon credits in ten years. Don't yeah. worry about it. Be happy. It's uh,
2: all right. I now I'm freaking irritated. All right, uh, Brad, give us number three. Give us a tease on number three before we move on here. I know you're yep. gonna you're gonna tell me something that's gonna shock shock me. I say.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's that I agree with Frank Murkowski on something that that is sort of shocking in and of itself. Murkowski yeah. has an op-ed piece about the permanent fund board that I think uh, I think people ought to read and people ought to listen to. All
2: right, well we're going to get to that here in just a second. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, follow. Do all the stuff you want to come out on YouTube or or Facebook and do that. Uh, you can also find Brad over at ak4sb.com. He's also on Twitter and facebook if you want to fight with him out there feel free he loves to just duke it out with you on the things and the deals everywhere we're going to be back with more don't go anywhere the michael duke show common sense radio
0: listen to by more staffers in juno than any other show because their bosses told them to And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be best.
3: You're a bad, bad man.
0: The Michael Duke Show.
2: All right, Brad Keithley, our guest here. (laughs) I mean, Brad, really. I mean, when I read this article, it is a total. uh, When I read this this piece about the uh, JEDC, the Juno Economic Development Corp, and the and the Chambers report, the whole thing sounds like a love letter to. Well, why can't we get more government spend to take care of all these issues that we want? We need to go ask for more. We need to get the cutter here, the ice cutter here, and and the icebreaker, and and we need to do this. And I can't possibly have children unless the government helps me with my child care. And we just – I just don't understand. How are these eight lower 80 percent? They're the ones that are paying the penalty and these bad, bad top 20 percent. But, you know, we're all top 20 percent because we all work for government down here. So we need to – I mean, the whole thing is just – it is so freaking tone deaf to everything that else is going on. And the rest of us who are just kind of blue collar living paycheck to paycheck are going, wait, we'd like a little. No, no. Unless you are sucking off the government teat or laying sideways in the trough, you're just and, and this is going to happen across the state this exodus of people who are finally going to say you know what i love alaska but the cold the cost of living all these other things i'm not getting ahead i'm not making more money in fact i'm getting more, more. i mean they're they're just going to continue to leave and then what's going to happen
1: yeah you know to some degree there there's all this concern about the doctors leaving i mean I know Brian Sweeney, uh, uh, who sometimes listens to the program and may pipe up about this. Brian Sweeney sometimes gets really exorcised about you know the fact that we can't attract doctors or doctors are leaving, you know. And you talk about taxes and you just scare scare the doctors off. I don't I don't think it's the doctors that 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 we have to worry about. I mean, the docs in Alaska are doing pretty well if you look at the if you look at the income statements and you look at the the demographics on it. And I think they're doing. I think they're they're doing just fine it's the it's the 80 percent that that you know that that were that were that we mistreating that that are leaving that are you know struggling to stay to 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 get ahead that are struggling to even you know stay in place um and and yet it's and and so juno sort of on the one hand i'm sure there weren't many 80 80%, percenters in this meeting but but Juno on the one hand sort of says, well, isn't that too bad? You know, the 80% aren't, aren't getting ahead and, and, and you know, the, the income divide is growing bigger and, you know, people are leaving the people in the 80% are leaving and they're struggling, you know, keeping up with childcare. And isn't that all too bad? We got to come up with a solution for that. How about we tax them more? <laughs> how, how about we cut the PFD uh, more uh, in order to uh, in order to keep them uh, uh, keep them funded, uh, how about we uh, 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 tax them more in terms of in sort of or tax them more in order to ta- cut the PFD in order to keep government funded? How about we tax them more in terms of a sales tax in order to in order to provide all these additional things? They're they're not putting together who they're taxing and the way in which they're taxing them. They're not putting that together with uh, uh, with, uh, 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 with 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 the problems that they have.
2: What? Uh... Let's see. Kevin McCabe here appears to be paraphrasing uh, Jay Hammond in some way here. He says, it's not just legislators or the governor, it's the people. We are trained by the permanent fund to want everything for nothing. Look at the plowing articles. Not a single one calls for a way to pay for that. Um, and Hammond talked about this in a specific way, basically talking about that disconnect between the people and the government. Uh, it's why he fought against the re- the rescinding of the income taxes, because he said they you have no connectivity to what your government costs you. And I know there's people in the chat room who are going to be screaming right now that I'm calling for a tax. I'm just saying there is when you feel that tax, when you have to pay that tax every year, you feel it going, uh, you know, you feel it going into government and you say, Whoa, well, wait a second, that's my money. It should come back. Instead, it's this stealth thing that we don't see at all. So we don't feel it. So we acknowledge. So we feel like it's a free it's a free ride that just died hard. Right. Instead of money that's coming out of our pocket directly. Uh, there was something to what Hammond said.
1: When people see that, there is something to that. Oh, absolutely, Michael, absolutely. And 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 it's and it's who it's who it's directed at. I mean, it, the tax a tax would hit the top twenty percent. Even a sales tax would do better than the PFD cuts do in hitting the top twenty percent, and you would suddenly see the top twenty percent pushing back. I mean, PFD, PFD cuts, if you think about it from a class perspective, from an income bracket perspective, PFD cuts are almost the perfect tax from the standpoint of the top 20%. They don't, they don't, they hardly notice it. It pushes the burden as a percent of income down to middle and lower income Alaska families. They get the benefit of additional government spending, the childcare and everything, the you know, everything else they want. You know, better you more at the university, more here, more there. It's the perfect tax from the standpoint of the top 20%. It it has no appreciable impact on them. So until you until you have a tax that hits them in the same way you're hitting everybody else, you're not going to make any progress in terms of pushing back on spending.
2: Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, the weekly top three continue, continues. <laughs> Uh we're going to get we're going to jump back into this. Uh please like and subscribe, like and share no matter where you are, whatever you're doing. Feel free to be part of it. Let's get to it. Here we go. Uh common sense liberty based free thinking radio. Let's do this thing. Here we go. <laughs> Brad Keithley, Alaskan's for sustainable budgets joins us right now. We're continuing with the weekly top 3. Number 3. I can't believe it. Brad actually agrees with something Frank Burkowski said, which I you know, I guess even a stop clock is right twice a day. Uh even Harold's right occasionally. Uh Brad, uh what's the what's what's the what's the dealio here? Give me the rundown.
1: So Murkowski has done a uh, op-ed that's been in several of the newspapers in the state, all of the newspapers in the state. It was even in the Beacon. Uh, the Juno version of it says, need for accounting and legislative oversight of the permanent fund. And the first paragraph says the governor or, excuse me, the governor or legislature or both need to conduct an audit format available to the public or engage in serious oversight of the alaska permanent funds recent erratic decisions that risk fund money and i can't agree with frank murkowski more uh, on this particular issue the 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 article goes down through the, the lists the various things that murkowski, where murkowski thinks the fund has gone wrong uh the the satellite opening the satellite office in anchorage and pressing for satellite offices in more locations when the funds-owned uh, staff says the the big thing to attract additional talent is more remote, uh, allowing them to do remote work, uh, the fund is going in the opposite direction. Funds boards going in the opposite direction by wanting to open satellite offices. He goes down through the in-state investments and and expresses concern at how the. The fund's in-state investment strategy uh, is, is opaque. You can't see what's going on. There's $200 million going in, but you don't know who it's going to. You don't know what kind of returns it's generating. You don't know who's benefiting. You don't know whether it's being used for political purposes or or is actually resulting in some economic activity that's beneficial to, uh, to the fund, which is what it needs to be beneficial to, not to the state, not to jobs, but to the fund. Uh, you can't tell that. Um, and he talks about uh, the increased risk that the board ap- appears, uh, in, at least some of the members of the board appear, appear to be pushing for, uh, to get to a hundred billion dollars in terms of in terms of fund by increasing leverage or leveraging the fund and and taking more risky returns. He complains about all that and says at the end basically we need to have an audit, either an audit of the fund or we need more legislative oversight. The only The only disagreement I have with Murkowski is on the, or (laughs) we need to have both an audit of the fund, because as you and I have talked in previous segments, there the funds uh, accounting system has gone very wonky, uh, very not wonky in a good sense, very unstable. How about that? Uh, in, in, in order to justify this claim that the earnings reserve is running out of money, uh, they're using an accounting system that, you know, to sort of. Pulls things from here, there, and everywhere as expenses, and doesn't do the doesn't attribute the full revenue, um, and 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 then or the full asset level, and then uh, 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 there's there's various other accounting issues that that have arisen with respect to the fund. I we need we need both an audit, a serious outside audit uh, of of how the fund is accounting for the money, as well as legislative oversight uh of what the fund's doing i think you know as part of that i think we need to redo the board as we've talked on previous programs i think we need to sunset the existing board structure we need to reconstitute the permanent fund board as as experts uh uh, take uh, experts subject to legislative approval uh take out the administration members of the of the board two of the six members of the board uh, are from the administration our commissioners uh take that off of the board Get people who are more uh, like members of the advisory board who pushed back on the board a couple of meetings ago when the board was trying to increase the amount of risk they were undertaking. Get people that are more like people who we now have on the advisory board on the board itself, um, and uh, and make the and and make the uh, board subject to legislative confirmation. Not not as not so much as to require legislators to sign off, but to have a public process basically around uh, around the confirmation process around the selection process and the confirmation process so alaskans can see and have a chance to engage in a discussion about who's going on the board before uh before they're put on the board so i frank's got it exactly right we need more legislative oversight of the permanent fund we need an audit of the permanent fund and how they're accounting for the monies and how they're you know how they're accounting for telling us that the era Uh, is running is running out of money but i think i differ from frank in the sense that i think we need both um and i think we need an additional step of of sunsetting the the current permanent fund uh current permanent current permanent fund board structure um and i think we just need to to, uh, restart on uh, on how we're governing the permanent fund
2: i think you're being too kind quite honestly when it comes to the accounting measures and the things that they're showing they're They're lying, Brad. They're basically lying. It's a fictitious, the report where they show, here's what, uh, oh man, here's how we're running out of money and look at all the expenditures in future years, never accounting for the revenue that's going to be deposited in future years either, and showing this grim picture. I mean, it's cooking the books. That's exactly, I mean, any accounting firm in the country would throw those people out on their ear and laugh them out of the building. Anytime you look at a projection and say, Oh, well, look at what's going on, it's going to eat up the ERA. Look at all this money that's going out when we've included the expenditures and the expenses for the next three years, but we're not including any of the revenues. Of course, it's going to go. Like I said before, it's like saying, Look at your mortgage payments uh, as they're going out right here, but we're not going to put any of your paychecks in this account, into this uh, formula to show you what your paychecks are like. So if you only have this much money, you're going to be out of money in three or four months. You know, it's it, not it's, even it's it, lying. It's not
1: showing the prepayments. It's right. not showing the prepayments that the legislature exactly. has made for uh, it's lying for, for, for inflation proofing. It, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if I accuse the Alaska House coalition of lying, it's not a not a big step to accuse the Permanent Fund Board uh, of lying. And and it it is misleading, certainly. Uh, it's intentionally misleading. I suppose that's the legal definition of lying. So so I, I would agree with you. It, it's an agenda. It's an agenda driven accounting system, right? We want to say we want to restructure the the permanent fund to merge the permanent fund earnings with the corpus, so we can start draining, you know if we if we have years where there wouldn't be enough earnings, we can drain, we can start draining the corpus. We want to do that. So we need to have a reason to do that. So we need the we can claim the earnings reserve account is running out of money and putting the state at risk. So we need we need those two things. so let's create an accounting system that shows, notwithstanding the facts that shows the earnings reserve uh, accounts running out of money. It, it is an agenda driven accounting system as opposed right. to outcome. Account-
2: it's outcome based. We want here's the outcome we want make the narrative fit the outcome. That's exactly what it is which is lying. It's false. It is fraudulent. It is deceptive. I mean, I don't know how I could be any stronger about it. They're basically looking at you and saying, oh, no, look, it's going to run out of completely out of money. Forget about the fact that we didn't put any of the right numbers in there. This is what we say. So do as we say. Combine them together so we can have access to the corpus. That's what's going on.
1: Not only did we not put the right numbers in there, we didn't put any numbers in there. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. on the asset side, and we inflated the the expenditure side by bringing in future year numbers uh, to do it. And it's an accounting system that not even not even legislative finance will will agree to, will sign off on. So it's yeah, it's it, it it it's a it's a bad system. But it it goes to the point. It goes to Frank's point that that we need to have an audit. In in Frank's case, that we need to have an audit or legislative oversight. My case, we need to have both. And we need to undo, we need to redo the permanent fund board to make it into a board that uh, that's more responsible. I mean, we've got we've got an agenda-driven board, we've got a politically-driven board, we've got a we've got a, a, a you know an ego-driven board. In the case of Ellie Rubenstein, you know, I want to be I want to be part of a I want to join the hundred billion dollar club. This is the only board that'll have me, so I'm going to push this board to a hundred billion dollars, so I can be. So I can be part of the hundred billion dollar club. I mean, ego, political—it's just—it's it, a mess. And um, and and I've frankly I've lost faith in it. I think it's clear that Murkowski's lost faith in it. Uh, others have lost faith in it, and uh, and we just need to we need to reset it. We've been through this as a state. We've been through this before in the late nineteen nineties. We had we had this these same issues come up with the Alaska Public Utilities Commission. The legislature stepped in, sunset the Public Utilities Commission, created the Regulatory Commission of Alaska, uh, uh, and and reset the, the the responsibilities and the requirements and the and the qualifications and um, and just restarted the damn thing. And it's worked well. It's worked well since in that case. So, I, th- I think it's time to seriously uh, uh, give consideration to and ultimately do that uh, for the Permanent Fund Board.
2: Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Final thoughts, Brad. Here quickly, about sixty seconds.
1: Well, Michael, it's uh, we're entering into budget season. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be another uh, wild ride. We're not being honest with ourselves. Our leaders aren't being honest with us. Uh, we'll see what the governor does in, in mid-December when he comes out with the budget. But uh, I'm going to be looking at the revenue numbers and see if he's uh, if he's being honest with Alaskans about the revenue numbers.
2: You don't think he's going to do carbon credits part do? I mean, you know, this is how I'm going to balance the budget with these carbon credits to see what you... I mean oh man all right well brad keithley alaskans for sustainable budgets my friend have a happy thanksgiving and uh, appreciate you coming on board thanks for joining us you got to put your wine smoothies up on the recipe
1: list for the thing i guess uh, that's true that's true i saw i saw that we're, we're starting the recipe list yeah, again, so again. I'll, I'll get them up there
2: all right uh brad keithley thank you so much folks we got more coming up Hour two dead ahead the michael duke show I just want somebody to sit in front of a presentation from the Permanent Fund Corporation while they're throwing all these fallacious numbers out there and somebody from the from the majority of the minority to go, where's the revenue from the deposits of the earnings in this equation? That's all I want. I want somebody to call out the elephant in the room to say, well, wait, you got all these expenditures for future years, but you don't have any of the revenue for future years included. How can we trust this chart? If you don't include any of the revenues that are there, I, it's all I want. Wow. It's all I want is somebody to ask that question, because that would again expose the elephant in the room.
1: I want something more. That I want one additional thing to that, which is where where is the prepayments that, that right. the legislature Ex- approved?
2: Exactly four you know, the six billion dollars. eight billion the eight, dollars the $8 billion eight billion in
1: prepayments. Though. Yeah, uh, that the legislature approved for for inflation proving. Where, where have you accounted for those? And the answer to those is going to be, well, that's our money now. <laughs> we don't, we're not going to treat them as prepayments anymore. That's that's eight billion dollars more money. You don't you don't get the benefit of that. You still have to pay us for inflation proofing, even though we got even though we got that eight billion dollars. I, you know, it's it, it, the the permanent fund board has become ag- agenda driven. I mean, that's. And and they've got numerous agendas going on. As I said, some of it's ego driven, some of it's political driven. You know, you got Jason Bruni and and uh, and Commissioner of Revenue Adam Crum on there who are getting ready to run for governor. They've got an agenda. Every everybody on there's got some sort of agenda, uh, and and they're all pursuing those agendas. They don't happen to be. <laughs> they don't happen to match up with the, you know, the slow and steady wins the race. Type of type of uh, uh, administration of the permanent fund that that I think Alaskans want out of the permanent fund board, but it's, it's just a very agenda driven. And then you, and then it backs into the accounting system. Oh, you know, we got to say the sky is falling on the earnings reserve account. So how do we do that? Well, we, as you say, we leave out revenues and we include excess expenses. And in my case, you leave out assets. You leave out the prepayments that you that you previously accrued. It's just just agenda driven. So we're not we're not getting straightforward answers. Somebody said, some people say, well, that's half, that's, that's what happened when you lost Angela. We didn't get, we didn't get particularly great answers out of Angela either. As, as some might recall, Angela was one of those who, who sat at the, at the uh, defense table or yeah, the defense table when, uh, in the wilikowski lawsuit to, to reinstate the permanent fund dividends to constitutionalize recognize that the permanent fund dividends are constitutional angela was one of those pushing back on that again so the permanent fund could have that money as opposed to alaskans having that money so it's it's um i, I think we've just got the structure wrong I, I don't we've allowed individual egos we've allowed individual agendas and non Non slow and steady wins the race agendas to to begin to dominate uh, the operation of the permanent fund, and I and I think it's time to to push back on that.
2: And of course, all of this at this point could be laid back at the feet of Governor Mike Dunleavy, who is responsible for the entire makeup of this board at this point. I mean, it's his agenda that's being driven, whether he wants to take responsibility for it or not. It's his agenda that's being driven by this board. Which is completely 180 degrees around from what he ran on originally.
1: Yeah, it's it's the agenda. I don't know if it's his agenda or if he's just, you know, he's just put people on there that, that, and allowed them to operate their own individual agendas. I mean, I don't know if it's his agenda. Yeah, maybe his agenda to grow it to 100 billion dollars. And, and well, he's got to take, take
2: responsibility, whether it was his intention or not. It's yeah. his responsibility, yeah. right, at that point
1: yeah yeah i think that's i think that's right and it's and and that's part of the problem i think frankly with with having a, a gubernatorial only appointed board without legislative oversight without public oversight again when i say legislative oversight it's just it's public oversight i think i think a number of people when he considered putting jason Burney back on the board jason bernie was on the board as commissioner as the dec commissioner the department of environmental conservation commissioner he was on the board. Then he left the DEC job, went off the board because he no longer held that commissioner role. And then uh, Governor Dunleavy put him back on the board as an individual uh, to replace Steve Rieger uh, when Steve Rieger's uh, term ran out. And I don't think, Jason doesn't have, I mean, Jason's background, frankly, is in running trade associations and in running government agencies. He doesn't have a lot of background in running running true businesses or making investments or financing or that sort of thing and I think there would have been a lot of pushback from the public and through them through the through the legislature on on Jason's appointment and I don't think Jason's appointment ever would have occurred frankly uh, if if the governor didn't have the ability to do that on his own but the governor you know having the ability to do it without legislative oversight without you know public input the governor, made that appointment because Jason's a politico that you know has 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 done what the governor's wanting to wanted him to do or the governor's listened to him and shaping what he wants to do and and um, and I think the governor put him on there for that reason. So it, it's I, I think there would have been pushback. I think that's one of the things of legislative oversight. Not necessarily that it wouldn't be somewhat political but at least there would be some oversight on what the on what the governor's up to when he makes these appointments.
2: Well, Brad, <clears throat> you've laid it out for us yet again. Uh, the pain is real. Um, it again, as it, it's the old, um, it's the old adage of, you know, he, you know, those who fail to learn the list lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. And those of us that do know history are the ones that are doomed to watch the whole thing happen in front of us. Right. I mean, that's the that's kind of the whole thing at this point. We're the ones that are sitting by with our eyes closed and our hands over our eyes going. The train wreck is coming and nobody's stopping it. We, we you know, we can only warn so much before it goes
1: on. <laughs> and And Juno, I mean, to go back to that segment for a second, Juno sees sees it coming juno yeah. sees that the bottom 80 percent aren't advancing it's only the top 20 percent advancing they're seeing the hemorrhaging of people uh, from th- from that occurring but yet you know they just keep on going they keep going the same yeah, way
2: can't can't fix it brad thanks so much i appreciate you being on board
1: michael's always thanks for having me
2: folks we're out of time we got to go the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio hour two is right now Let's get to it. Here we go.
0: Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukes show.com for information on how to get access to the podcast.
2: And welcome to the program. It is hour two of the big radio broadcast. And we are, well, we're looking forward to talking with Chris Story here in just a few moments. He's going to be joining us for our weekly uplift session, which we are going to need. Oh, after the beating, we just got that. I mean, it's not, you know, it's here's the thing. He's got that. He's got that dose of truth. And it's, you know, it's the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. That's Chris Story, because what we got from from Brad was just it. It was just it was the medicine. That was what we that's what we got. We got a dose of truth that we needed. It's not palatable. It's not good. It you know, it makes you wince. Um, It's like eating cod liver oil, but it's what we need to know. And unfortunately, um, you know, we seem to be the only ones uh, that are hearing it. Uh, on this program. We seem to be the only ones that are talking about these things, and yet everything that we've talked about for the last 10 years, all these issues, the problems, the financial problems, the loss of the permanent fund, these are all things that we predicted would happen if the course of the state was not changed. And uh, here we are. Here we are. Just another just another 10 years. You know, in 10 years down the road, we can see exactly what's going to happen here in this state. And it's just so freaking frustrating to watch it happen absolutely mind-boggling that this is where we're at but i'm going to change it up in this second segment because i i got to otherwise I'll, i'm going to lose my cheese is going to slide right off my cracker. So we're going to uh, we're going to just kind of change it up a little bit here. I've opened up the phone lines at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to uh, feel free to jump on board and let's uh, and let's discuss uh, well, pretty much anything you want. I've got a subject which I think is appropriate to the season. And you, uh, you, you may have your thoughts on it. My, my topic today is about turkeys. Turkeys. The question is, fresh or frozen? What do you do for turkeys? Fresh or frozen? Now, I'll never turn down a good turkey. Don't get me wrong, but I have a preference when I'm cooking my turkey for Thanksgiving. I need to know in your mind, does it matter? What what are what are your thoughts on it? Um, fresh or frozen? You, you got a brand preference? You want to you know? So I want to hear from you today on that one. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about uh, um, about that this morning. But meanwhile, we do have one line on hold already, so we might as well just jump on over there and see what you guys have to say as we start off this beautiful Tuesday. Don't forget Thursday and Friday we're off on the show. Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving Black Friday thing, whatever. So we're gonna be off until the following Monday. So just alternate programming wherever you are, you'll hear alternate programming on Thursday and Friday. Let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Hey, this is Charles. Do you know the twenty eighty principle does have a name? Uh twenty eighty rule. Uh okay. Well known in well known in business. Okay, the Pareto principle. An Italian economist named it. Twenty percent right. of the work is done by, or
2: you know, the twenty eighty ratio. Look up the Pareto principle. That's where eighty percent of the work, is done, by, 80% of the work yeah. is done by. Eighty percent of the work is done by twenty percent of the people, or eighty percent of the income is is generated by twenty percent of the people. The Pareto principle.
3: P A R E T O Pareto. Paretto. Okay. Please look that up. It's, every time you say the 8020, I think of that. It's well known in business. I shouldn't be talking to people that don't know about this. Thank you.
2: Uh, all right. Good morning. Well, well, thank you, Charles, for educating us yet again, although the talking down to us was not necessarily needed. Um, I mean, you can still mention 8020 without it re- referencing the Pareto principle, but. I see what you're saying there. So thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. If you want to sound off, we'd like to hear what uh, you guys have to say here this morning on this. So what do you think? What do you think? Um, my question um, on this Thanksgiving holiday is your turkey. What is your What is your preference? I know some people are... Mm, snobbish about it uh rick in the chat room says the best turkey is the free kind which i mean again i hey i'm not going to turn down i i said it from the very beginning i'm not going to turn down any turkey you know that's that you know any turkey is better than no turkey at all i will say that for sure i have cooked no name Generic brand turkeys, uh, frozen turkeys. I've done that all. You know, remember when Fred Meyer used to give away a turkey when you spent—I don't remember what it was. Um, I think it was 150 bucks or 200 bucks. You spent it, and they'd give you a free turkey. Um, Of course, in today's dollars, that would be like 400 dollars that you'd have to spend to get uh, to get the free turkey because inflation and everything else. Uh, But you know, I'm not going to turn down a free turkey. But for me personally. Um, I love a fresh turkey. In fact, my favorite, and I mentioned this yesterday, but I'm just going to tell it again because I don't feel like talking about politics anymore. My favorite is the Butterball Young and Fresh. That's actually, that's actually what they're called. Butterball Young and Fresh turkeys. Um, you know, they're not tough. They're not gamey. They're not, they're just, they're just freaking delicious i remember we had a crisis one year because i i bought a young and fresh butterball turkey and i put it on the floor of the garage to keep it cool because you know our fridges we had six people living in the house the fridge is full of food and stuff and trying to put a whole turkey in there is nearly impossible so we'd put it in a pot and put it down near the bottom of the garage door and for some reason that thanksgiving it got super cold and uh, it actually semi-froze the turkey. That was a crisis. That was because that was a fresh turkey, fresh turkey. Um, but yeah, there is a difference. And with and I'm telling you right now, butterball. There is a difference in a regular turkey and a butterball turkey. That's just my opinion, but I think my opinion has been proven out time and time and time again. Um, and uh, I i just love it so and and i always you know we always end up with we always end up with so many leftovers so many leftovers uh from that and then we came up with our favorite you know with our favorite leftover recipes yes putting stuffing into a waffle maker is a perfect way to make sandwich bread for turkey sandwiches afterwards it's delicious you should try it um you put that you put that leftover stuffing in a in a in a panini press or a waffle maker and you crisp it down and then you put some little spicy mustard and some cranberry sauce and some Havarti cheese and some and some uh, uh, turkey on there, shredded turkey. Perfect sandwich. The actual um, the actual. So good. So good. And. Um, Donna says a client gave her one of these turkeys and said the young and fresh stamp gave me pause. Yeah, I know. It sounds a little, <laughs> it sounds a little, what do you mean young and fresh? That sounds a little, uh, oh, but they are so, so good. Um, I have had somebody else is suggesting a Norbest, uh, Norbest turkey. I have had a Norbest turkey. They're very good as well. Uh, But there's just something about that butterball, putting that, you know, whatever they do, whatever kind of cancer-causing chemicals that they pump under the skin of those things uh, to make them all buttery and juicy and delicious. Whatever it is, I'm down with it, okay? I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Uh, Whatever it is, it is delicious. And uh, so for me personally, it's a fresh turkey. That's what that's what uh, that's what Thanksgiving is. Again, I will cook me a frozen turkey right now on the spot, but uh, it uh, it always seems to be a little bit better when you get and so and uh, like today's my day to go get the turkey. So <laughs> we'll see if I get it in one stop or if I have to make multiple stops to find the fresh young butter balls because they're not going to let la- tomorrow's going to be too late, folks. I can I can I can guarantee you tomorrow is going to be too late uh, for the fresh turkeys. You'll be buying a frozen lump here tomorrow. Um, so go check it out. But what do you think? I mean, I, I love them. I, I think that is the, uh, the only way to try. Now, the question is, if you're having a, a butterball or a turkey for Thanksgiving, which is traditional, what are you having for Christmas? Uh some people last year we did prime rib for Christmas. Was it last year? It was last year. Yes. No, we did prime rib for New Year. I apologize. New Year. Uh we did we did ham, the traditional family brown sugar and bourbon ham for uh for uh Christmas, and then we did a prime rib for New Year's, which was pretty damn amazing. I mean, just pretty, pretty amazing that prime rib. We had never done a prime, rib. my wife and I've been married 33 years, never done a prime rib. That one was absolutely delicious. Uh, otherwise we try and have a, uh, we try and have a, uh, a a ham on Christmas and then we'll cook another ham on, <laughs> on New Year's because that ham is good. And there's so many things you can do with it from, uh, my wife makes a, like a three cheese macaroni and cheese with that sliced bourbon ham in it that's amazing. You know split pea soup made out of the knuckles of the ham after you after you cut the ham off the bone and everything. It's just oh, so, so good. Um, and then usually on Christmas or on New Year's Eve, we have uh, uh, we either have another ham on New Year's Day, but on New Year's Eve, we always have Chinese food. Why? I don't know. Because that sounded like a cool tradition and we started doing it. And then we watch all three extended cut editions of the Lord of the Rings. Why? Because it's cool. I know it takes 14 hours to watch them all, but I'm okay with that. It's okay. It's, uh, it's delicious. Barbara says, nothing like eating pork to celebrate the birth of a Jew. Hey, you know what? He forgives all. That's all I could say. He forgives all, so that's all okay. That's all okay. Um, uh the, the but the prime rib. I think that that uh, we might repeat that this year. We'll see. We'll see what uh, Terry has uh, uh, has has planned up for us here. But my uh, one of my daughters and Terry are working on all the Thanksgiving preparations this year. So I'm really all I'm all I'm responsible for is cooking the turkey which is just about just about my speed. Wash it, wipe it down, season it, put it in the oven, wait 5 hours, carve it. That's that's it's simple and easy. I love 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 doing that for sure. Okay. Well, we're up against the break. We got more coming on. And uh, we're going to continue the Michael Duke show. uh, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after this. To see what else you guys are talking about. Mm, I'm going to have a can of pork. Wow, Chris. Chris is seriously like, I'm going to have myself a can of pork and beans on Thanksgiving. I saved myself over $100. <laughs> wow. Man, why don't you bah humbug a little harder there, Chris? I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, I know people who are, uh, you know, who are single people or, you know, only have don't have any family who have instead of getting the whole turkey, they just go, you know, they get the 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 breast and they they roast the, the 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 turkey boobs or whatever. I mean, I've seen people do that without having to do a whole turkey, but man, a can of pork and beans, that just seems wrong. <laughs> just see, you know, and maybe it's just, it seems lazy. That's the, that's a big thing. Chris, come on, get into the spirit, get into the spirit. It is what it is. Um, a smoked turkey. Does anybody ever tried smoked turkey? Yes. Yeah, smoked turkeys are amazing. Deep fried or smoked. They're both absolutely uh definitely delicious the definitely a delicious treat for sure um <clears throat> i uh I, I can't I can't wait I can't wait for Thursday at this point i'm getting I'm getting antsy folks I'm getting short timers I'm getting ready to that end of the year where I just wanna put my feet up. And not talk to anybody. Except my family. For a full week. Um, for a full week. Um. Oh, there were people lost in that thing in Wrangle? I thought I'd just closed the road. Your Alaska Link, search and rescue operations. Hold on a second here. Let me look here. Um Mm, where is the? Hmm. I don't see what happened here. I saw the I saw the thing this morning, but I didn't see uh, Alaska landslides. There we go. Must have just updated. Um, ongoing search and rescue underway due to a landslide that leave, left debris scattered on the highway. Um, but apparently uh, apparently, somebody in the chat room is saying that um, there were people lost. Siobhan is saying in the uh, chat room that there were people lost in the uh, thing. Smoke the butter with Jim Beam, says Matthew, then inject in the turkey while it's cooking, while it's smoking yeah and then uh hand-waving freak outery which is one of my uh one of my favorite sub stacks to read he actually posted up his uh he actually posted up his chicken his turkey brine what he brines his chicken in uh which was some unfiltered vinegar and some uh, allspice and some peppercorns and garlic and ginger and it sounded delicious. It really did. I was like, "We're gonna have to do a turkey that way. We're gonna have to do a turkey that way. That sounds delicious." Um, to but I've I've never brined a turkey. I've uh, you know I've never brined a turkey at all. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see. Um. Um. People missing and homes taken out says Shavon on the. Uh, uh, on the uh wrangle thing from last night. Well, prayers go out to those folks. Hopefully they all make it uh hopefully they all make it through um, and hopefully they find them. All right, well we're gonna continue here. Hour two continues. Um no idea what we're gonna talk about next. It'll be something fun. We'll talk about traditions. How about that? We'll talk about traditions. It's an easy fallback for me. I love to do that. Uh here we go.
0: The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show.
2: Okay. Uh, Siobhan in the chat room, who's down in Wrangell, said that, that uh, landslide that was reported, Uh, The landslide, the report that I read earlier this morning, said it was just covering the highway. But it turns out that it looks like it may have taken out some um, domiciles as well. And there are some people missing uh, down in this massive landslide down there uh, in Wrangell. People are missing. Homes taken out. She said um, it's been a restless night. Well, our thoughts and prayers go out to those folks. Uh, It's being reported right now that there are search and rescue out there, but they're not getting details on who's missing or how many or anything else. Uh, The city and borough of Wrangell posted a social media message saying that ongoing search and rescue missions were underway as of 340 a.m., 345 a.m. this morning. And uh so we'll 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 see what information comes out of that. And uh, but Siobhan's on the ground there, so she gives us a little bit of a better idea. So again, thoughts and prayers uh, going out to all those folks out there. Um, um in that kind of stuff, you know, it, you know, landslides, glacial lake bursts. I mean, all this kind of weird stuff going on all around the world. I'm just grateful that I live where I live, and all I had to deal with was a massive earthquake five years ago. Right. That's, I'm just happy that that's all I had to deal with on it as well. Um, all right, well, phone lines are open. And uh, I know that we're you know everybody wants to talk about politics. They want to talk about the shooting in, uh, they want to talk about the shooting down in Anchorage. Uh, you know, the windstorms in 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 Wasilla knocking everything out. Uh, the pickup truck that plunged off the Muldoon Parkway and crashed down onto the Glen Highway. Um, you know, the things that are going, I mean, everybody wants to talk about the bad news and I just, uh, you know, at this point, I just can't be bothered. I just can't be bothered with that. We had a full hour of bad news in the last hour with Brad Keithley. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. I'm all about the, I'm all about the positivity stuff right now. I'm all about just hanging out and we were talking about turkeys, fresh or frozen, And really, nobody really said anything, even in the chat room. I expected more people to be sounding off. Uh, Jeannie says that she does like the Norbest fresh turkeys from Three Bears, but she's about the only one that said, I guess Harold said, he wouldn't eat a frozen turkey if you gave it to him for free. Um, But, you know, I'm just surprised that more people don't have a, uh, that more people don't have a uh, preference on that. I do. And then somebody asked about smoked turkey. Have you ever had a smoked turkey? Um, I have had not a whole smoked turkey, but some smoked turkey, and it is delicious, absolutely delicious. Uh, I've also had deep-fried turkey, but I have never gotten around to actually deep-frying one, especially after watching all the videos of people burning their house down with, with them because it's such a hot – I mean, it's a it, it can be dangerous. Let's just put it that way. But cooking your own turkey, deep-frying your own turkey can be a dangerous proposition. Um, I have considered it. Um, but I have never actually done it. I have consumed uh, turkey that other people have done. I, in fact, I remember the first time I had deep fried turkey. This was probably 25 years ago. It was at a Christmas party uh, that we had out at um, for the company I was working for. We had it out at the Chattanooga Lodge north of Fairbanks, and uh, uh, and they had cooked a turkey. It was the first time that it was it was you know that was before it became super popular, and it was the first time I ever had deep fried turkey, and it was so, so good, absolutely delicious. Uh, and then the uh, and then the other day, uh, one of my favorite uh, writers over on Substack. Uh, Bj Campbell, who writes a Substack called Hand Waving Freak Outery, which is normally about politics and stuff, but he's kind of feeling the same way that I am, and he just decided to start laying out Christmas uh, and holiday recipes. Uh, so he did his uh, eggnog, his his, his father's eggnog recipe, and then he did his own turkey brine, which I've never brined a turkey in my life, um, but I am um, I'm I'm encouraged to do so now. Because he put this turkey brine recipe up there and I thought maybe we'd do a mid a, mid, uh, a mid-december turkey. I think we've got <clears throat> I think we have one frozen turkey in the freezer uh, that we got from some th- something somewhere um, and it's best with a frozen turkey. You brine it as it thaws. So you put it in a big pan and you put you put the brine together and you mix it up and then you put it on the turkey and then you turn the turkey every six hours uh, or eight hours. While with the with the brine inside the bag as it thaws out, and so it kind of sucks up the brine into the turkey, I'm I'm I might try me a mid-December turkey for that. That would be that would be a fun thing. So we're gonna try that uh, as well. Um, <laughs> Tawny says I don't know that I have a preference on the type of turkey, the brand. Well, I mean it doesn't even have to be a brand. It's just fresh or frozen was my big question. Said but she said she will not do a deep fried turkey. She said my husband is a firefighter with 40 years of service, too many fires. Well, I mean I understand people can be idiots, but it you know it is what it is. I mean, I personally have never tried one because it looks like a lot of work outside in the cold and everything else and and i just don't know as i want to give a try but a deep fried turkey is delicious i i will say that for nothing let's go back over to the phones and see what you have to say good morning who's this where are you calling from uh so Donna, this is paul hey hey paul what's on your mind
3: uh well you wanted good news um today I get the opportunity to fly some turkeys over to the village of tayonic and uh, deliver them, so they have uh, turkeys for uh, Thanksgiving.
2: Well, that's sure nice. That's I mean, okay. is this it's part like of a, a is this part of a big Alaska. community? Uh, big part of a big community effort? All these turkeys going? Yeah, on it's
3: the food bank in Sedona, and uh, it's the food bank in Sedona and and uh, Missionary Aviation Repair Center here, who I. Volunteer with, and I'm a flight instructor for. We're uh, we're flying them over, so it's kind of in uh, hand in hand. So
2: well, that is that that is great. I mean, that sounds like a, a valid and uh, and uh, and a great effort. So you're taking a bunch of turkeys out to Tionic. Is Tionic the only place you guys deliver right now, or should we can somebody place their order in some other yeah, rural that's, community?
3: That's, that's what today is. I don't know. Th- that's that's what's on the plate today, um, and uh, when I'm done doing that, I I come back here to to uh, uh, Sadatna, hop in my truck, and I got I'm in the uh, Anchorage Community Band, and so I got to get to practice which is at seven o'clock in Anchorage. So it'll be a long day.
2: <laughs> well, that's, again, you've done your good deed a twice good day, for though. today. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Paul. That is uh, that is great and amazing. I love stories like that. People, you know, just giving and doing that, going out to the communities, delivering turkeys. Um, I've delivered food boxes in the past to needy families at Christmas time, uh, doing a big thing with our stations, uh, my two stations down in Anchorage where we're giving uh, We're doing uh, a program called Pump Up the Kids where we provide Christmas gifts for foster teens who are in uh, non-familial care, which is kids who – Families basically have busted up and they have no family, so they're placed with a foster family. It's got to be a tough situation. And so we get them Christmas gifts and we provide that. I got to tell you, that makes me feel like I'm 10 feet tall working on that and helping out with that because it's just such an amazing cause. This is the time of year to think about what we have and to give back to those who don't have as much. Uh, And, uh, I mean, I I appreciate your work on that. That's a great story, Paul.
3: Well, I, I think service and then purpose in life is something that uh, th- things that's ne- needed, and, and we, we don't we don't uh, give enough emphasis towards that. Um, I feel always better when I'm I'm serving and I uh, have a purpose. I, I agree. And um, Anyway, uh, that's what today is. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well. So that's my positive for today. Last week, my positive was buying the new rifle, so uh, I just I'll try to stay positive for a few phone calls
2: well, I appreciate that Paul that's amazing you know I mean it's it's great and you're right it's the good news that we need that's the good news that we need some good news from around the state uh people helping out and I agree with you service and purpose together that's what gives you some meaning that's what makes you feel good and I think if more of us did that more of us you know took the time out to do those kind of things. Um, you know, maybe we'd have a little less strife around here. So I, I agree. Thank you, Paul, for the good news for today. I appreciate it.
3: Well, thank you for having a great show. You you, you have a you have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you again.
2: Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you calling in this morning. 907 433 3150 907 433 3150 That's a good piece of news. That's uh that's a good piece of news right there. I love that. That's uh that's good stuff. Um, it is definitely um, it it's definitely a time to think about, you know, family, others, commitments, service, helping others out. Like I said, when I first started doing this uh, program for the foster teens in the Anchorage area uh, five years ago. Um, almost didn't do it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, when we bought the stations, I, I thought, you know, this is a big program. I'm not ready for it. We're still in the middle of the transition. But I decided to do it. It was the best decision I ever made because that program gives back a hundred, over a hundred kids every year get Christmas gifts because of the listeners of the station and the work that we do with the listeners and OCS. And, and, uh, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it is so fulfilling to look at these. I mean, sometimes you look at these Christmas lists from these kids and they're like, I'd like some socks. I'd like some socks and a, and maybe a coloring book, you know, or some, Art pencils or something. Now, some kids, of course, are. I want some Nikes. I want a PS Five. I want you know some. But some of these kids are like, I'd like a pair of boots and some mittens. And you're just like, let oh, me just hit me right there, it's so hard, so hard, man. But it feels so good to give back to these kids. It feels so good to do to be part of that. And I'm just, I'm just super appreciative of uh, all the listeners and everybody else who helped out with that. All right. Well, you know what? We're coming up on it, so we might as well go do it. Let's uh, let's get with it. Chris Story is going to be joining us here in a minute. We'll be asking him the question: fresh or frozen, or does it matter? Does it matter? I mean, apparently, to most people, it just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. We'll find out more from him here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Hat, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
2: Okay, um, let's get on. Let's. i say we let, let's get on the blower here and give him a call, huh? That Chris Story bloke, he's uh, got some things to say. What do you say, Mr. Story? Anything good? Hang over here and turn this on. Turn this on. Hey, look at that. There we go. Um, okay. I think, I think uh, we're ready to bring on Mr. Story. See if we can get him a call here, get him ready to go, get him on the stick. Get him on the stick. That was an interesting English accent. I like that. that hello, a Governor.
4: Little, uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, what would you say? Sort of the Bowery's, kind of maybe a working class coal. coal. Yeah. I can hear you shoveling coal into
2: a furnace with that. I accent. shovel coal right up your gobstopper, Governor. Um, anyway, yeah, no, it'll be fine. Uh, hello, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Story. How are you, my friend?
4: Good morning. Fantastic. And you?
2: You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Any a short week is, is, is good, you know. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I
4: heard you, you. Basically, you checked out. Mentally, you're not even here. I heard it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it does get to that point kind of at the end of the year where you're like... Mm-hmm. My God, for 10 months, I've been hammering on these issues, you know, over and over. And it's the same issues that I've been hammering on for 10 years. And at some point you got to go like, "Oof, man, it's just I need a recharge. I need a, you know, and I need to talk about some positive right now. Your show, um, you deal, you don't really deal with politics too much on your show. You're mostly positive, just kind of. Mind, mindset and you talk a little bit about wealth building and real estate, but you're you used to focus on politics, but now you're just kind of, you know, and you, now you covered my show before I got down to Anchorage for a while and you were forced to deal with that. Was it a different thing for you? I mean, when you, how are you, how, how did you feel about that as you did that, um, you know, during that time frame, Was it, was it hard? Was it draining? What, what do you, what do you say? Well,
4: in the reason I was covering for you on KBYRs, I started doing fill-in work for Glenn Beagle. And uh, prior to that, I was doing, you know, the occasional guest spot on his program talking about politics. Because that's what I really thought I was supposed to do. I really right. thought right. My, my angle needed to be heard and, and that I was going to be able to make a difference. And, and I did find that that exclusively, just finding problems and offering solutions, I, I tried to be, you know, Level with it and, and not just point out a problem but suggest a solution like you do. Um, but no, I, I didn't find that it was aligning with my purpose. And I felt that my real purpose was to share the things that really, what's my passion? What is my purpose? I think is to share the things that I'm reading and learning and thinking about on an uplifting level. I and mean, that recharged my batteries by the end of a show, by the end of a week. But by the end of a year, I felt more empowered and recharged uh, versus drained. Mm -hmm. Plus, three hours a day, I was doing your show when I was holding down the fort for you. It was 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And, uh, you know, I'd start prep at 3.30, 4 o'clock, and then uh, plug in and be on from 6 to 9 and you know you and i both had a mutual experience with a producer that he didn't like me i'll be honest that didn't make it any easier (laughs) he 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 did not like me he
2: didn't like me either that's the thing he didn't like me either and he would not stop sabotaging me i'll be honest with you i finally i finally (laughs) i finally finally fired him because i'm like no we can't do this anymore this is nuts I, i can't i can't fight you and deal with all the stuff on the air anymore sorry i got another producer yeah
4: that, but that, that was a great experience. I loved it because it helped me put into alignment. Okay, what do I, this is what I thought I wanted. I'm going to move towards what I, what I think is, is going to best suit me. And when you're living your purpose, you, you know, it. it's like a tuning fork and it's just like, ah, this is the shoe. Like Michael, I tried on plenty of glass slippers and uh, then I found the one that fit just right yeah no Which every now and then I do dip into politics but then usually it's uh hand-handedly and I always I always second guess I'm like you know that I I probably should have just kept my mouth shut on that issue
2: well you know it is I mean like you said it's not for everybody I um while I'm still a student of positivity I I you know definitely not as well read as you are so it never occurred to me that that's what I should be doing instead I was talking about the things that I thought were important at the time and it just kind of morphed into this. But, you know, after talking about it every day, and like you said, a two-hour show requires, you know, uh, at least an hour of prep every day. You know, I mean, there's at least an hour of prep. And sometimes prep for the next day, you know, you, you're, you're for two hours on the air, you're into it for two hours of prep probably. And so by the time I'm done, I am like mentally drained. Like, oh, this is so painful to watch this stuff go on. So that's why we bring you on, Chris, because you're here to you're here to recharge my batteries, baby. Bring it to me. What what are we talking about today? Quickly, <laughs> you incorporated. You inc-, inc you inc you incorporated. You inc- all right, we're going to talk with Chris Story here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Please make sure that you like and share and follow and ring the bell and do all the other stuff on YouTube. All the stuff that we're supposed to do. Let's get to it. Here we go, right now. Okay. Welcome back to the program. Chris Story is our guest, the man from Homer. You can find out all about Chris at iLoveHomerAlaska.com. He's got his book, of course, "The Backyard Millionaire: How to Grow Wealth in Your Own Backyard." And where you're at, right? I don't, that's this. I can't read the subtitle from here, but it's a it's it's a great book. Available on Amazon or Audible. Uh, also, of course, the Man Series, Jacob Man Series. And uh, just kind of uh, all-around debonair man about town, Uh, making people feel good wherever he goes. He comes in every week to give us a little bit of an update and uh, and, and a little bit of an uplift, a PMA segment. Good morning, Mr. Story, sir. So the question is, fresh or frozen, or do you care at all when it comes to turkeys?
4: Oh, the the best turkey. We have a friend with a farm in town, and whenever they've raised one for us and— and slaughtered it gently (laughs) that's the that's the best oh my goodness that's absolutely the best you know they they always sneak up from behind and just chop its head off i think that's the humane way yeah Uh, so it's just lived a happy life
2: they pet it quietly while they're like look at the flowers look at the flowers and then they snip the head off with a pair of (laughs) shears that's right yeah you know exactly they never 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 see it coming never see it coming um, the yeah. good ones, the good
4: I, ones. But, I, I mean, what do you do? You live in Alaska. That's pretty rare. You yeah. always have to go frozen, which is fine.
2: Well, I mean, I, like I said, I will never turn down a turkey, but, you know, like a, a fresh butterball, fresh young butterball, not a bad thing. Uh, never had a farm-raised turkey, although I know friends who have, and they say that they are also amazing, which I, I, I again— the fresher, the better, as far as that goes. All right. Well, that's let-
4: funny. That was my hip hop name in high school was Fresh Young Butterball. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I just brought back a flood of memories. My
2: goodness. Yo, yo, Thank yo! You. It's Fresh Young Butterball. Um, all right. Let's yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your lesson for today, which is going to be you, Inc. You Incorporated. You Inc. What uh, what what's what's the dealio here? Well, for the last several months. Every
4: single day, without fail, I read a portion of Wallace D. Wattles' little book called The Science of Getting Rich. And he has a quote in there. It says, The very best thing you can do for the whole world is to make the most of yourself. So, this isn't to say, of course, you should be indifferent to the plight of the world, your country, the, what's going on in your state or your community, your town, your neighborhood, of course, or your family. You, you've got to think beyond just yourself. But, to make the most of yourself is the best thing you can do for the entire world. I truly believe that, and it's a little bit like I know you interviewed doctors and in, in, uh, during the you know twenty twenty and you know the whole COVID thing. I, I interviewed a lot of doctors, and, and my favorite conversations were always about your personal health, what you can do, what you can do from a prevention standpoint, what you can do for a a plan of treatment. Should you Fall ill, and how do you avoid illness in general? It's your health versus public health. Obviously, you got to know what's going on in the public, uh, and you need to be aware of what what's common and what's going around. But if you focus on your health, you're going to withstand those storms. And I think it's the same thing financially. You know, our country is—we've never been in this kind of debt. Obviously, it's just growing exponentially, and yet we are like the chain. You know, dependent and interdependent. We are dependent upon each other individually becoming the strongest links possible. As such, we create a stronger chain, which is our country, our community, our our family, business. But if you think in terms of just say, okay, I'm going to incorporate. If I were to incorporate, if I were a corporation, I need to have health, wealth, and prosperity. I need to think about mental health. I need to think about my physical health. I need to think about income today, which is your wealth and your Prosperity, as Buckminster Fuller, Fuller called it, which is your wealth going forward, that with which you do not have to work for in to the later years. So you need to think about all those things from a very individual perspective, and it's easy to get caught up in world events. It's easy to get caught up in the twenty-four-seven news cycle of a horrific, awful thing happening at every second. I saw a statistic yesterday it was an uh, is it 1.4 people die or one person dies every second? Or I, I forget what the statistic is, but it's horrific. But just as many people are being born and this this planet's going to continue on into the future. We need to be as strong as possible, economically speaking uh, and, and health wise. But just from an economic standpoint, set up your own corporation and, you know, get to work on you and your own health, your own wealth and your own prosperity.
2: This kind of plays back into what I've been saying for a long time, which is I don't necessarily – I mean, I stay abreast of national politics, but I don't dive into it on the show because I feel like in a lot of cases I can't do anything about it. I mean, your your analogy back to the COVID time and everything else um, is kind of the same thing, right? I mean, it was all happening around the world. Everybody was anxious. Everything was going on. But we couldn't really – we had no control over it. The only thing we have control over is – how do we take care of ourselves? Do we eat healthy? Are we taking vitamins? Are we you know, are we doing preventative measures? Are we washing our hands? You know, I mean, in that example, that's a perfect example. I mean, how only thing that we can affect, and I think you and I come to this almost every week is that, you know, this is all about the individual. The only thing we really, truly have control of is not our circumstances. But our reaction to those circumstances, how our mind works, how we think, um, you know, how we can control us, that's the only thing we can really work on, right? Absolutely.
4: For example, uh, you know that the Senate and the Congress and the, the White House you know all the branches of the government are looking to have a central bank digital currency, CBDC. We know that they're wanted. We know that provisions were in the stimulus packages that were passed to the tune of what, $6 trillion during, you know, the CARES acts and so forth. We know that authorization for the Fed to explore the CBDC was in there and it's coming. Okay, send your Congress person, your senators, an email, a letter, a phone, a phone call, a voicemail, talk to your local representative that is influential or has communication to them, and then move on. If you feel strongly against this central bank and digital currency, speak about speak about it to the right people, and then move on. Educate a few people in your circle if you want to, write a post about it, share something, but move on and make sure that you have your ducks in a row, that your credit card debt isn't out of control at this peak time, that we've never had this much credit card debt in our country at the highest possible interest rates. We've never seen these kinds of interest rates charged on credit cards before. So let's get our individual financial household cards in order, and yet, okay, be aware of the CBDC. Don't let that catch you off guard. To speak out, but then move back to your home base, your incorporated you. you? what are you doing and how are you going to be healthier, wealthier, wiser and more prosperous into the future? I suggest owning four homes. If you don't, if you own four Maybe look at your fifth or sixth. Maybe start looking at apartment buildings, commercial property. I suggest owning more of your own backyard, hence the book, The Backyard Millionaire. But it could be something different for you. It could be doubling down on your business. It could just be getting financially free of some, maybe we've all made those bad decisions and had to crawl out of, you know, the five foot person crawl out of a six foot hole financially you can do it. There's resources available. You can get really financially healthy right now today, even though we're facing crippling $32 trillion of national debt right. and potentially a wholesale change of the economic circumstances if, if America. If the dollar is no longer the reserve currency, what's going to happen? Be aware of it. But let's get your dollars in order. Let's get your house of cards in order and get you having some income and more ownership in your own backyard
2: you know and again that's a prime example i mean you get talking about the national debt and everything and all these things could happen all the things you just lined out world reserve currency default i mean all these things but you will be better situated to weather it if you yourself are practicing what you preach and are debt free essentially and working on these things i mean that makes things a lot easier for you. And it is the one thing that you can control. I mean, I think that's one of the problems with a lot of people is they feel they get inundated by everything that's going on, the news, the media, the this, the that and everything. And they feel totally out of control instead of focusing mm-hmm. on the one or two things or three things that they can directly control and taking hold of them. They feel adrift because they they feel like they have no control, which we don't. You know, you just have to acknowledge you don't have control of a lot. You have to acknowledge what you do control and grab that instead.
4: I was stuck in a property one time. I had, I picked up, it was a great deal. I bought it zero down uh, as a duplex. It needed work. One unit was rentable, rented it. The other unit needed a serious gutting beyond what I was capable of doing. We're talking about, um, you know, r- structural help. And I thought, oh, I I got this, no problem. And I spent the better part of eight months overwhelmed. I would show up, I would situate my tools, I would take a look and I was just overwhelmed. I couldn't see the next step, the first step. It was overwhelming to me to a point where I almost got um, just stuck, frozen in time. And I finally, I said, you know, my dad was a a contractor and builder. He's been building houses since he was a kid. And I called him over one day. I said, would you just look at this with me? And I, you know, it, I had to be a little humble in doing that because I've done a lot of work on other properties, but this one was just always over my skis. And, and he came over and he said, OK. And he goes, be right back. And he went and got his trailer full of tools. And he just did the first thing and the next thing. And next thing you know, I was like, oh, my God, we peeled the onion back and then started rebuilding. And it was just amazing. But I just needed a plan. And I I was overwhelmed. And I think sometimes that in this 24 hour news cycle, that's easy for us all to get overwhelmed and and grief and sorrow. And how many videos can you watch on the atrocities in the Middle East and what's happening all over the world is coming to us constantly. But we've got to block some of it, be aware of it, then block it, you know, put them into your heart and prayers and then. We have to do what we can do, so you can be as strong as possible, and your community can be healthy overall, no right. matter what happens in the legislature.
2: You know, I got to do it. We're down to the last two and a half minutes. Uh, Chris Story is our guest. Uh, you know, what, I got to do it though. I got to ask you to baby step it for me. What are the first steps? If somebody's listening to this and go, "Oh, that resonates with me," what are the first steps to creating you Inc.? I mean, how? What do we do? Is it you know what kind of self analysis? What? Give it to me.
4: So number one, if you don't know it, check your credit. Make sure you've got Uh, the best credit you can possibly have, not only that, but look for any anomalies or things that shouldn't be on your credit. Get pre-qualified with a mortgage lender. They'll check your credit and walk you through it. Then look at your cash flow. Beyond the work you've done today, what cash flow do you have coming in tomorrow? Yep, Social Security. That's wonderful. Do you have a pension? Do you have a property? Do you have something that's going to create cash flow going forward? And then just remember what Wallace Waddle said, the very best thing you could do for the whole world is to make the most of yourself. And that encompasses health, wealth, and prosperity and like your caller earlier said giving man when, when you give you can't help but get and that's a great way to live on purpose
2: um favorite holiday recipe chris what is it we're down to the last minute here what is your favorite holiday recipe that uh, you make every year christmas thanksgiving new year's what is it
4: i don't make anything but my, my wife uh is just she's the, she makes the best pies she makes the best probably the best mashed potatoes you've ever eaten in your life and i don't know what she puts in them. they're
2: amazing well see now you got to get her to go over to the michael duke show facebook page and post her mashed potato recipe so we can all share in the joy that's what you need to do okay all right uh chris hold the line folks we're out of time we got tomorrow's another day i think mike shower is going to join us if not we're just going to riff the whole day i'm I'm waiting on another guest to uh, i don't know maybe not maybe you know It's short timers. That's what it is. Short timers disease. We're going to be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. We will see you tomorrow. Bright and early, 6 a.m. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. All right, Mister Story. Final bite at the apple. Last two minutes. Any final thoughts on uh, on uh, you, Inc. or anything else that you want to throw out there? I give you, I give you the floor, my friend. I give you the floor.
4: Oh, I just think this is a great time of year to do what you're doing. Take a little step back, you know, get a little perspective, do a year in review, um, and then just unplug, take some time for yourself, and uh, just you know, I mean, just living in gratitude. I'm drinking coffee from a cup right now. so I'm grateful and uh, just surround yourself with the uh, people you love. And if you, you know, like your caller was, just, that was so inspirational, and he's just, you know, going out of his way to contribute and, and suggesting that, that when he's of service, he feels so alive and on purpose. And just like that, yeah. I can't say it better than that. That is, that is really the, the secret to it all. And that's, it's so easy to think about, of course, Thanksgiving week and during the holidays. But if you take that approach into to everyday life into January, the world will yeah. be better off. You make the most of yourself and and your community.
2: Well, like he said, having a service, you know, doing service and having a purpose. And he said that, and all I could think of was you saying, you know, living life on purpose, and that is a hundred percent true. We all feel better. It helps us get out of our own heads. It helps us forget our own problems, and uh, it just takes a little effort, and uh, it's it's well worth it in the end. Uh, Mr. Story, thank you, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Tell Tiff I said hi and thank her. But tell her to go put that recipe up on the recipe page. You know, I mean. It might might be proprietary.
4: I'm not going to. I'll ask.
3: See,
2: I hate that. That that makes no sense. Grandma said I could never tell anybody this recipe. Why? Why would you not want to share that? I mean, is it a competition? Is it something? I mean, yes. wouldn't everybody like to have that joy in their lives? What
4: if, what if we find out it's just like a bisquick or something? Yeah, like I know. Enough.
2: Exactly. But it's a bisquick. She got it off the it back is. of a hamburger helper box, and you're like, oh, I had no idea.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, Chris. Right. Thanks so much, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Folks, we're out Happy of time. We got to go. Be kind. Love one another. The Michael Duke Show.